Get no kick from champagne. Mere alcohol doesn't thrill me at all. But baby, how can it be true that I get a kick out of you? Oh, welcome to Jeff in Motion. Monday edition, rainy Monday morning edition. Do not need the air conditioning on right now. Alrighty. Hmm, where, where to start and where to begin? Hmm. Network news. Um, well, one... I had to pause uh, halfway through listening to today's Mixing It Up with Mike Carpenter with guest Bill Russum, um, which I am thoroughly enjoying, and I was actually kind of reluctant to have to pause it and do this, um, which is a great thing. Um, I am proud of all the shows we have on the network. But I can honestly say that that show, Mixing It Up with Mike Carpenter, is the favorite show we have on this network. And I listen to this show, so there's that. Oh, man. And then we do have a new show coming out this coming out this Friday. So, watch the interwebs for hints and clues at the content of that show. That is, if we get a logo for it by Friday. Might have to throw something together. Anyway. This weekend was good. I did eat a fuckload of ice cream. Um, The one thing is... I fear I may have developed some lactose intolerance, seeing as how I have no dairy um, during the week. But I don't... Because, alright, the last three weeks running, I had a heaping bowl of ice cream for breakfast. Three weeks ago, and last Saturday, I got massive stomach pain just super intense stomach pain. But two weeks ago, I did not. And I've eaten the same thing. Now, scientifically, that's as I, like, two out of three times, I had super intense stomach pain after eating a bowl of ice cream for breakfast. Now, that's not a very big sample size, 
So I'm saying that maybe I should finish the pint that I have in the freezer and see how it goes. But the thing is, this stomach pain is no hyperbole, the most intense pain that I've experienced that I can remember. I And granted, I've I've not experienced a whole whole lot of pain. I haven't broken any limbs, I haven't even like sprained something. But um, I have, like, I did have my gallbladder out because it was giving me intense pain. Uh, so there was that, and that was something that required surgery, and it was not even close to the level of pain I feel after a bowl of ice cream. And, like, I described it before, but I'm going to describe it again. Um, like, it got to the point where I was, I, like, started doing Lamaze breathing just because I wanted something to help. Like, I have no idea if it did. Like, when you as an adult, as a 26-year-old man, are experiencing so much pain, you can't not, like, cry out? <laughs> That's a lot of pain. And this this time, last time I did it in the dignit, in the dignit, di, dignity of my own bathroom alone, this time, it was earlier in the morning, and I had my daughter with me, and my wife was still asleep. And my poor daughter, uh, well, first, when I got down in a fetal position, she thought I was being a horsey. So she got on my back, and I did not have the mental faculties to calm her down or tell her what to do. I was just laying on the ground going, So, there was that, and then, uh, so her riding me as though I were a horse did not help the situation, so she, she came over and she decided that what would help me is what helps her when she said is having every blanket and stuffed animal in the room. So, also during these intense pain, uh, breakouts, uh, fits, uh, incidents, I get, my body temperature goes way up, like, so I, I took my shirt off, I'm sweating, and she is covering me with a fleece blanket, and I'm just trying to be like, thank you, but I don't, and then, she, okay, so she, she brings me her blanket, then she brought, brought me her, uh, like, cloth blanket, which actually helped, because I could wipe the sweat off my face with it. Then she brought me all her stuffed animals, and then the little, she's such a great little kid, she brought me what was left of her breakfast. She brought me three slices of apple, and was just like, please dad, anything to make you stop doing this. And then she just sat with me, and cuddled with me, and I mean, I don't know if it helped, but... Shortly after she brought me her apples, which I did not eat, um, I gave back to her, um, the pain did die down. But it, it's like, I couldn't tell you how long it is. It, in, realistically, it probably was no longer than five minutes, but it's an eternity um, when it's happening. So that's why I've got like three quarters of a pint of ice cream in my freezer taunting me and I'm like I know you're delicious ice cream 
I know I love you, Ice Cream. But you caused the most pain I've ever had in recent memory. And I don't know if you're worth it. But the thing is, later that very same day, I had five slices of cheese pizza and didn't feel a thing. So I don't know if it's something very specific about... Because, like, this all, this didn't happen with when I used to eat ice cream before, but I was also eating, like, processed ice cream, um, which, something you don't know, is most ice cream is labeled as frozen treat instead of ice cream because it does not contain enough actual real cream in it to be considered iced cream. So there's that. Most of it is frozen dairy treat, which has, which maybe, um, because we're trying to eat like super hippy dippy and like cut out processed food, maybe it's this, this fact that it is, you know, actual fucking cream and that's like some of the heaviest dairy you can consume, maybe that's what's doing it, where I will not have any dairy at all for six days, and then first thing when I wake up, have, like, a gigantic, like, two cups, measuring cups, of heavy frozen cream. That could be it. Maybe it's not so much lactose intolerance as just, like, dairy shock. I don't know. Because, surprise, surprise, the human body is not, was not built to consume milk after being an infant, really. But anyway. I don't need to get on a, huh, milk's weird, right guys? Uh, because everybody knows milk's weird when you really think about it. Uh, brain. I talked about that way longer than I intended to. Oh, the Red Robin Boca Burger I got was very, was better. It was not good. It still was a little dried out. But uh, we, you know, we're goddamned adults and we're paying for products. So when it when the waitress comes around and says, "Is everything good?" I did not lie to her like I usually do, and I said, most of it is good, but the Boca Burger is still a little dry, which sounds like a small complaint, but the thing is, I was polite, I didn't demand anything for free, I was just informing them that their food was subpar, and that they should change their process so that other customers don't complain. And um, she's like, do you want... And she was like, I'll let them know. And, of course, the manager on duty came around and was like, how is it? You know, we got a new charbroiler, char so we're having trouble. Um, not dry We're trying to figure out a better way to cook. And I, you know, had a dialogue with this woman. I was like, well, yes, I, d I called a few weeks ago, and it is much better. Like, and that is not a lie. The food, the quality did improve, and I made sure to say that. And I was like, and honestly, it's only really this one part of the Boca Burger that was dried out. And I appreciate that you guys care to even change your process. And um, and she's like, Are you, do you want, you know, do you want it a new burger? And I was like, honestly, it's still it's good. Um, I, I'm going to eat it. I just wanted to let you know. 
And so, yeah. So I'm proud of myself for complaining like an adult would. And not so much complaining, but criticizing something that deserved criticism. And having all parties involved not mad at me because I wasn't a dick about it. Yeah. I've got something written down in my little fake notepad here, my digital notepad. Shit, I didn't take a picture of myself. Fuck. Well, I'll do it when I get to work, if I remember to. Or I'm at a red light. Let's see. <clears throat> Oop, nope, not what I wanted to do. Alright, there we go. Red light, picture taking, huzzah. Ugh, I've got more than one chain in that picture, but I don't got time to change it. Anyway, notebook. I remembered a specific anecdote from high school that I wanted to talk about. And, um, it was, I'm pretty sure, I'll just have to, before I, like, analyze it, I'll just have to go into it. So, there's this kid. Um, I'm gonna use his real name, because fuck him. He was a massive asshole. And, uh, I can't remember his last name, and his first name is pretty generic, so what the fuck ever. Um, but there's this kid, Aaron. And, man, I wish I could remember his last name, because fuck that guy. But in, like, middle school, he and I were friendly. Uh, acquaintances. We would, you know, talk about Ninja Turtles here and there. Maybe spoke to him five times in a year. Um, like, not good friends, but no beef. We ain't got no beef. Then, as, you know, middle up through later middle school and high school, um, we just didn't have classes together. We didn't interact in any way. And uh, my attitude toward him had not changed at all until this is either sophomore or junior year of high school. I've literally not spoken a word to this kid in probably five to six years. And... So, we can generally say, you know how you only get one first impression? This is kind of a second first impression. I am sitting next to him. It's either at a school basketball game or a school assembly. It's in the gymnasium, and we're in the gymnasium seating. And I'm sitting next to him. And he he looks at me, and he goes, I talked to your girlfriend last night. She told me how she was blowing you. Six years, that's what he opens with. And, as I stated before, she was not blowing me. I barely touched a boob in that relationship. So I know this is false. And I, and he just looks at me like he's expecting a response. And I get this, just this pit in my stomach 
like full body tingles of genuinely having no idea what is happening, what is expected of me. <laughs> like it was very similar to a feeling when someone yells at you, and I don't know why I was experiencing that physical reaction, but if memory serves, I just stared at him for like a full 30 seconds and then looked away, having literally, like my brain just froze. There was no, I mean, there is there a witty comeback to that? Because the comeback is, no, she wasn't, or no, she didn't, how do you know? Because she didn't blow me, like... There's, he just laid this, this weird social trap, and I have no fucking clue why. And six years of silence between me and this kid, I've got no beef with this guy. I'm sitting, I'm like, oh, I'm sitting next to Aaron. Maybe we'll reconnect. Maybe there will be friendship. This is what he says to me. I, and to this day, I have no idea what response he was trying to elicit and I, I had remembered that and I thought I would share it with you guys because it is one of the crazier things to ever happen in my life of just what on earth is happening right now I just I just don't understand and I mean, from that point on, he was like, I don't think he spoke to me again. And I've got nothing. And, um, yeah. <laughs> no fucking clue. No fucking clue. He's one of those guys I want to run into at a reunion and see just what the shit he decides to say to me if he decides to say anything at all, which will more than likely be the case, that he won't. I'm... We didn't have a five-year reunion, um, as far as I know. Um, and anyone else in my grade that I've talked to wasn't ever talk, told about it. So I don't fucking know. Uh, 2015 would be when our 10-year re reunion is supposed to be. I haven't heard jack shit about it. Um, so I don't know. I got nothing. Um, I know it's the student council's responsibility because my dad was on the student council and he's in charge of all their reunions, um, which, fucking A, so glad I never did that. Fucking responsible for your school, uh, high school reunions for the rest of time? Fuck that. God damn it. Anyway. And I mean, Facebook and social, and the internet in general has kind of Eliminated the one of the main reasons to ha have reunions is keeping in touch with people from high school. But like, I want to go to a reunion because I am so vastly different than the person I was in high school, and I just want to watch people's heads explode. That's really it, and to be super petty, <laughs> and like, if people who were massive dicks to me talk to me call them out on it. That I would really enjoy doing. Um, I would really enjoy if, say, well, we're, we don't need to throw any more names out there, Aaron decides to be like, hey man, how you doing? I could be like, what the fuck are you doing? 
you were a massive asshole to me in high school. What on earth makes me think I would want to talk to you? Makes you think I would want to talk to you. And just watch their response. Like, that is something I would love to do. Um, but it looks like I may never get that opportunity. Um, to be the asshole at the reunion. So, I guess... I guess that's not gonna happen. A little bonus anecdote... Um, for you guys. Uh, just to fill in some blanks. Um, I've told the nobody likes you story ad nauseum. I've told it on this podcast. I've told it on the Popular Outcast podcast. Um multiple times. Um, I'll just give you the cliff notes of it in case this is the first episode of Jeff and Motion you're listening to. Um, way back in the day, um, a friend of mine came up to me and he was like, Jeff, I don't understand why, but nobody likes you. And I was like, thanks, Mike. Awesome. Um, I understand what you're trying to say that, you know, you don't agree with them, but that it's kind of very hurtful what you're saying to me. And he just, you know, kept trying to drive the point home. And um, he tells this story. He's on the golf bus because um, he was in uh, golf for high school. And my girlfriend walks by the bus and somebody says, uh, somebody says she's hot and someone else goes, yeah, but she's going out with that faggot Jeff Kunkel. And everybody agrees with him and yada, yada, yada. Here's something you'd, I have not previously told the guy who said, yeah, she's going out with that faggot Jeff Kunkel was this same Aaron from the Your Girlfriend Was Blowing You story. I have no fucking clue. And, like, in the last, in, like, I, in that one time I spoke to him was all the interaction I had with him in high school. And he just had this hate boner for me that I just don't understand and I know for a fact he wasn't the only one there was a lot of people who just had this just raging hard hate boner for me that I I just I still can't conceptualize why um and it bothers me less now it more confuses me than anything and I'd almost want to talk to somebody to be like what the fuck was that? Like, what was I doing that caused three quarters of my high school to just despise me, even though I, like, I really kept to myself mostly? And try, I don't know. I could talk circles about that all day. I've got nothing. I have no clue what was going on. Ugh. Pardon me. Pardonnez-moi. It's a good day in our podcast network. Listening to Mixing Up with Mike Carpenter and our monthly podcast, Portable Power Podcast, which I'm stoked about because they put like they put out like a two-hour podcast once a month. So that's awesome. That released today. Um, those of you playing Animal Crossing, it's a new month. Look for new bugs and fish. I caught a cicada and a cicada shell this morning. Turned those motherfuckers into the museum. 
Yeah. 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 Um. I know what I want to talk about, but I have no idea if it's fucking interesting. So, what the fuck ever, I have no idea if any of this show is interesting, so I'm just going to go with my, what my gut wants to talk about. Um, I love my wife, and <laughs> I mean, that's uh, the, I have not shown ev- any evidence to the contrary in this show. I love my wife a lot, and because she's fucking smart, and god damn is she great. Especially when she's on a uh, depression medication that's really working for her. And I, you know, I owe the creator, the developer, the whoever of this specific formula she's on, I owe them a a steak dinner because fucking A, we finally, we got one, guys. We got one. And um, she's not tired all the time. Uh, when the crazy dreams aren't keeping her up, but that have that kind of comes and goes. There's an ebb and flow to that. But like fucking a man, you know she's got energy. She laughs. <laughs> she makes jokes. She's fun. She's fucking great. But like this isn't. I mean, you one would hope you would have fun with the person you've chosen to spend the rest of your life with. Like one would just hope that. But. Here's the thing, as we have been growing strong together, um, like, I, I embraced her and all of her interests right away because I'm a sponge of a human being. Um, I take on the interests of those around me and the people I like. Like, that's not a thing. But, so, like, you know piercings, granted, we've determined that I was actually genuinely interested in piercings before I met Aislinn, but, like, hanging out with Aislinn meant all green lights to really explore this. Like, and that's, I mean, Aislinn has been just that. Just all green lights, you know? Why, why are you self-conscious about wanting to look into this thing? Fucking do it! Like, she's the reason I am the man I am today, and not so much that she's made me that man, but she's allowed me to become that man. And so, anyway. But as we are getting closer and closer, um, I'm starting to see the opposite take effect, where she is starting to get interested in things that I have always been interested in. And it's a much slower process for her because she's just a different personality than I am. She takes to new things a lot slower. And she it's not that she isn't open to new things. She's just more selective with her time and interests. Um, but uh, out of nowhere, a little while ago, she was like, hey, let's start playing D&D. And she was never like directly opposed to playing, but it wasn't a priority. And she had played once and didn't really enjoy the experience with the person, like, with the group we had gotten together, and, but, like, just out of nowhere, and, like, I mean, d d is one of my fucking passion hobbies, like, I fucking love it, and so, I was like, fuck yes, and this was, I didn't, I wasn't bugging her about it, I didn't, you know, nothing, just as we've grown together as people, she's taken a genuine interest in the things that I find interesting, which is fucking great. 
and not the, and like it's not that it shouldn't be expected, but it was a very pleasant surprise. And this also happened with uh, the snake, uh, which she she admittedly does not quite understand my deep deep love of snakes, but she's begun she has begun to appreciate it, and it's gone from I don't want a snake in my house when I have a daughter or we don't need another snake, to she really spearheaded the me getting um, the albino boa constrictor. Like, she, and I mean, she made the connection with a mutual friend. Like, had, had AJ not known me, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have happened. He knew I would take care of his snake. But, she to open the dialogue, and she, you know, she really spearheaded the me having a snake, who is now currently named Mort. I think the last time I talked about him, he was named Alex, but I just didn't like it, and now he's named Mort. Um, and that's the beautiful part of a snake. They don't fucking care what their name is. They're never going to learn it. Um, but I'm not sure if Mort is short for Mortimer or Mordecai. Um, I'm leaning more towards Mordecai. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I like Mort. And Mort ate on s- Saturday. Or no, Sunday. He ate yesterday, which is great. That's two fro- falled frozen rats in a row. And fucking yeah. Which, I mean, this this matters because as a previous owner of a ball python, uh, she was a super picky eater and didn't eat for like the first six months I had her. And wouldn't eat frozen th- or thawed frozen rats at all. Just would not take them, no matter how long she had gone. And like frozen thawed or thawed frozen rats are safer for the snake because they can't scratch or bite, and um, they're more reliable. There's there's a they're not gonna have a disease because they're kind of factory uh, like lab raised mice that are mice and rats that are frozen, and. Um, there's also the convenience factor. Um, you've got... You can pick one up and stick it in the freezer and feed it to your animal at your leisure. You don't have to... Because if you go get a live rat, there's a time limit on that. Like, you've got a live animal that you're taking care of. And also, I'm a huge animal lover wuss, and I actually genuinely like rats. Like, I've had pet rats and really love them... So there's, like, a weird cognitive dissonance there, but I love snakes, and I know that they you, there's no such thing as a vegetarian snake. So, circle of life, motherfucker, kind of deal. But ideally, what you would do is buy a live rat and kill it right before you give it to the snake. Like, uh, a common suggestion is to uh, hold them by the tail and wang them on a table just to, like, knock them out. Um, which I just can't do it. I don't have it in me to do that. Um, and I don't say that because I, like, I don't say that because I don't think I could do it, because I've tried and failed horribly, because I just can't. And that, like, not successfully doing that is far worse than doing it. And I don't, like, judge people that can do that. I just can't, I just don't have it in me to do that to the rats. And I know there are also, there are methods that involve, like, 
holding the rat down by its shoulders and pulling the tail up until the spine breaks. But I just, I didn't, I tried that too, and I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, and again, trying that and not succeeding, far worse than actually doing it. So the fact, and then uh, there was Artie, the the ball python that uh, we got, which again was that Aislinn's suggestion, uh, showing that, you know, she's taking interest in what I, what I love, which fucking, it's great. God damn it, I love her. Anyway, um... He didn't eat at all, and then we had him for three months, and he starved to death because he was a very young snake, and they need to eat more frequently, but we couldn't, I just, I don't know, and the thing is, I was afraid that I wasn't thawing the, the mice out correctly, or I was doing something wrong, and that it was, that it was my fault that he died, but I'm doing the same thing with these rats for Mortimer, Mordecai, Mort, whatever, um, for Mort, and he's eating them like a champ. So that gives me some solace that there was probably something wrong with Artie and not something wrong with me. Um, and that I, it takes a little bit of the weight off of my shoulders at his death. Which, I mean, some people is like, why do you even fucking care? But he was a goddamn pet and I loved him. Um, and snake people understand. Um, you just, you either, you are into snakes, and you absolutely love them, and like, god damn it, man, snakes are fucking, there's just something so goddamn cool, and they're just, they're fucking so efficient, and they're like as close to robots that, uh, like, animals get that aren't insects, because insects are practically robots. But, like, you know, the fact that they can slow... Like, that they can go for over a year without eating and it doesn't affect them adversely because they can... Because just when they don't have food in their system, their metabolism slows down and they just cease to grow. And... It's just fucking nuts. That's awesome. And so, but if... Also, that you can power feed snakes to make them grow faster and bigger than they normally would... Which, that's why I'm only feeding Mort once a month, because I don't want him to get unmanageably big. And, like, and snakes are so chill. And, as, like, many, many varieties of snakes, particularly constrictors, are really kind of chill animals. Like, black rat snakes, we've got them all over our yard area, and... If you catch one and hold it still for a couple minutes, you can hold it just like a pet snake. Like, they'll chill out, they'll snake, you know, they'll snake around and they'll climb on you and like nothing. It is fucking great. They're awesome. And I've held many a black rat snake. And they're, I mean, and they're fucking, it's crazy because you don't think of like six foot snakes living in this area, uh, central Pennsylvania, but they do. Um, because black rat snakes get, I mean, but they're a long, skinny-billed snake, not like, uh, boas and pythons, which are, like, fatter-billed snakes. So, like, when you've got a six-foot boa constrictor, you, that's a fucking snake. A six-foot black rat snake, um, is much thinner. It's, like, the, the width of a silver dollar, as opposed to, like, the width of your arm. 
Yeah, and they don't shit on you like garter snakes do, because garter snakes just fucking shit on you as a self-defense. Well, whatever, do you blame them? You're so much bigger than they are. But this snake, Mortimer, Mordecai, Mort, whatever, he is much more responsive than my ball pythons have been. And because I've had the two ball pythons, both tragic deaths, uh, the albino uh, Burmese python, who was in a tank that was given to me that was too small, and he had a, just he had a tragic death too. None of them react to outside of their tank near as much as Mort does. When you walk in that room, he comes out of his hidey hole and he looks at you. And it's probably like, it's not so much like, because he doesn't hiss, he's just, what is up? This is my place. What are you doing? What's going on? Are you getting me out? Am I going to get some exercise? What do you have for rat? What's up? What's up? What's up? And like, I've never had a snake that does that before. Um, that like really, he is very cognitive of things going on outside of his tank. Um, all my other snakes have not been, which means I've got to be more careful when I get him out of his tank because he's watching me. And if he isn't in the mood, he could easily take us, take a snap at me, which he has not bit me yet. He's not hissed at me. Uh, well, he hissed once, but that was because he, he was dicking around on my shoulders and fell and got scared. Um, but I caught him. No harm done. He didn't bite me or anything. He just, he got scared and was like, um... But I mean, there's no such thing like as an affectionate snake. At the very best, excuse me, you've got a very um, relaxed, comfortable with humans snake, um, and that's where Mort is, which is awesome. And um, I know there's a lot of differing opinions as to how much you should handle snakes. And is if you should take snakes like out of your house, and I know that I would love to be the guy who could walk around Main Street with a fucking huge snake on his neck. But I also know that people have strong reactions to snakes, and that for the safety of the animal, it would really be best for me to not do that. But like the concept of you know just taking my snake out and going on the town and holy shit is that a guy with a snake let me get his picture like that's that's appealing to me but I do understand that I really oughtn't to do that kind of thing which is a bummer but I don't want someone to freak the fuck out because people are deathly afraid of snakes or like attack the snake in some way which that's a very extreme um, reaction, but I wouldn't put it past some people. Ooh, pardon me, I'm getting some odd, uh, poof, gas issues. Excuse me. Pardon me. Anyway, where was I? Snakes. 
I didn't mean to talk about snakes that long. Fucking love snakes. I like tarantulas too, but I can't keep one alive. And I have, I've put a no more tarantulas rule in effect for myself because, I mean, granted, I mean, they, they have no higher level of thought. They are basically a, a robot spider, but it's still, it, you know, it makes me feel bad when a thing I love dies. And um, I love tarantulas. They're cool as shit. They're awesome. And um, also, I've only ever gotten breeds... Um, varieties that are very cool, like the rose hair tarantula, which is, if you know someone who's got just, like, a generic tarantula, that's probably what they have. And I've had two of them. Both of them died. Um, then there is, I had a Mexican red knee tarantula, and they are essentially, if you see a tarantula in a movie, it's probably a Mexican red knee tarantula, because they get huge and are pretty docile. Um, they're the black tarantula with the orange kneecaps. Um, and he was really cool, too. And he actually lived almost a year. But, like, they're, like, I just don't... Because they're very particular with, like, humidity levels and temperature. And... I don't have a house where I can keep things at a very, very, like, because I can keep a ball python, a Colombian boa, because to keep them at a good spot, we've got, like, a 10 to 15 degree range, and humidity isn't a huge factor when they're not shedding. So it's a lot easier to keep them in the green, to keep them in a good level with, like, say, a Johnson's Chameleon, which I would fucking love, because they've got the fucking mitten hands and the googly eyes, and they're super cool. Um, or tarantulas. They, they've got to stay at a much more... There's a much smaller window where they can... Uh, where they need to survive. So I've kind of forbidden myself until I am rich enough to get, like, thermostats and, like, humidity, like humidifiers and things like that that could essentially do all the work for me uh, none, none of those kinds of animals that really really need very very specific care um, and also like because tarantulas you can get out and hold but like I can chill out with a snake a tarantula you can't you gotta keep your eye on him a, like I can chill out with Mort on my shoulders and as long as he's touching me I'm good. And I mean, granted, sometimes he gets, he wraps himself around the, the legs of my office chair and I have to spend 10 minutes unwrapping him because he's decided that the, he is staying there, damn it. And I mean, yeah, it's a pain in the butt, but whatever. But like a, a Johnson's Chameleon, which are super fucking cool, but they also, you can't really handle them a, a lot, if at all, because it stresses them out. And uh, like, Handling them too much can kill them. So, like, and if I have a pet, I want to touch it. That's just kind of me. So that's uh, really, you know, Mort, Mort is the an ideal pet in my uh, repertoire right now. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to stop into a gas station. I'll be right back, guys. And I'm back from out of space. 
and then come here with the look upon the face. Should have changed that stupid lock. Should have made you leave a key. As the, 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 the back to back of me, go now, go. Walk out the door. Yeah, lie. And come around here anymore. Um. Oh. I'm in such a good mood right now. I've been talking about snakes and fun things like. Oh! I forgot the whole point of bringing up the fact that Aislinn is starting to, to embrace things that I've loved for a long time. Holy shit. Um. I got on the snake thing and. Alright, okay. So you remember all that shit I was talking about like 15 minutes ago. Last week, she. <laughs> okay, let's. I played Magic the Gathering with friends of mine uh, back when I played D&D in high school quite a bit. Like, I loved it. Um, I never got into actually owning my own cards or building decks because, honestly, the concept of building a deck of Magic the Gathering cards intimidated me. Um, like, because there was... It wasn't so much that I didn't think I could build a strategy, but then, like, figuring out the correct balance of mana and uh, spells and creatures always intimidated me. Um, the actual, like, statistics and, like, balancing of the deck, that that intimidated me. Um, and I apologize for people who don't understand what I'm talking about, but there's going to be a lot of jargon coming at you in the next uh, couple minutes. Um, so, you know, we would play, uh, while we waited for people to come, play D&D, which, inter- interesting anecdote, the Magic the Gathering is was created by the same people who uh, published D&D, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, obviously, and it was invented to be played while you wait for people to come play D&D. Like, and that is exactly why we used it, and we actually didn't find that out till later. Hilarious, I know. So, I decided uh, around 2010 that I was going to get into it again, and I bought, a, <laughs> I bought like $150 worth of cards, and I, you know, I got, I unwrapped them all, and I got them all out, and I looked at them all, and I was like, oh man, this is pretty awesome, and then never played once. Um, I never found anyone that was in, like, a convenient distance away that wanted to play, or at a convenient time, so it was just, it was all, I mean, not wasted money, but it just sat. So the other day, um, we're just kind of chilling out, and Asen kind of, she, she's, she gets a look on her face when there's something going on, when she's scheming. And I can detect that. I'm very bad at detecting what she is scheming, but I can detect the fact that she is. And I'm like, what? And she kind of like gestures over her shoulder, and I'm looking, and on the shelves, she has dug out all of the magic cards and has them up with the D&D books. And I was like, oh, hey, the magic cards are out. And she's like, what do you say after we put the kiddo to bed you teach me how to play and I was like fuck yes I'll teach you how to play and so yeah that's a very recent development um Aislinn uh, and I mean granted the core rules of Magic the Gathering are very simple and she took to it like a fish to water um she's great um and like so yeah, it's fucking it's fucking great. Um, the second game we played, she beat me. Like, 
it was awesome. And so we've we've run into this issue where we have too many fun things we like to do in the evening and not enough evenings to do it. Like, we like to watch our shows, like Futurama, uh, The Venture Brothers, uh, Adventure Time, Supernatural when it's airing, but it's we're in a season break right now. We like to play Borderlands 2. Um, we like to play Minecraft, which we haven't done in ages and are kind of aching for it now that the new update came out. Today, I believe, the new update came out. Um, and it'll be later today that that happens. And we like to play Magic the Gathering now, and and other various things. Um, have adult fun times that married folks are want to do on occasion. And, um, so now we've, we addressed this issue this weekend that, or basically we called out the issue that there are too many fun things we enjoy doing together to fit into, like, to not actually have to kind of sit down and plan it. And we haven't done that, but we've called out the need to actually kind of sit down and be like, all right, let's lay out a grid and be like, okay, this day we're going to play Borderlands, this day we're going to watch a TV show, this day we're going to play Minecraft, this day we're going to play Magic the Gathering. Um, And, you know, in between, maybe one day will be a, like, side-by-side game-playing thing. Like, I'll start picking up Skyward Sword again, and she'll play Animal Crossing. Um, Just as long as we're, you know, kind of together... But even though doing separate things, um, because that could be fun as well. So, fucking, I got married very early, and I got engaged very early. But, and it's easy to assume I made a mistake, but I've been married to her five years, and in a relationship with her nearly seven, and... There's not been a second of it I've regretted. And I know I'm getting all touchy-feely and... Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, whatever. Whatever. I love my wife, okay? God. Just let me feel the feelings I feel! I got actually a... Uh, I had a, a handful of guys contact me and say that they appreciated the sentiments of last Friday's episode. Anyway, here's hoping for a good week. Here's hoping. Talk to you guys Friday. Bye-bye.